Hi, I'm Kaitel. And I'm Joe. And we're the United Mates. Back in our school days, a shared passion for football brought us together as best friends. Today, we're separated by an ocean. I live in our hometown London. And these days, I live in LA. But we still enjoy nothing more than chatting about the beautiful game. So we started a podcast. Join us. A few more old mates from school here and there. And new friends too from the world of professional football and beyond. This is the United Mates Football Podcast. Hello, hello, welcome and welcome back to the United Mates Football Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Kaitel. Typically, we do have my co-host, Joe, as well, but today he won't be able to join us. I do have one of our usual contributors, Yanni, and not quite his namesake. We have a very special guest today, and his name is Yanni, a.k.a. The Singing Gooner. Yanni is known on Instagram and YouTube for his kind of renditions of popular current and, and, and famous songs, but he puts a bit of like Arsenal lyrics and content in there, a bit of a twist, and... Um, you can kind of feel that the angst of supporting Arsenal in, in his lyrics sometimes and, you know, the agony and the ecstasy all sort of comes out. So um, Yanni, a.k.a. The Singing Gooner, welcome to the United Mates Football Podcast. Um, it's a pleasure Thank to you have, you, have you joining us. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Um, I'd be a little bit better if we could have sealed the win in that Benfica game, but um, I'm sure we'll get to that later. But um, no, feeling good. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolute pleasure to have you. As as Yanni referenced, we're, we're going to be chatting about the game that just happened between Arsenal and Benfica, the first leg of the round of 32 uh, games, uh, which took place. It was an away game, although not in Portugal. It happened in, in Italy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yanni with the, the air quotes there. But Yanni, let me let me pass it off to you. How have you been? Uh, I've been good. Thanks, Kai. Um, I've been busy with work a lot recently throughout January, but I'm very, very glad to be back. Um, now, Yanni, you may or may not know, but usually we start off with a bit of an icebreaker for our guests, a bit of a game. Um, now, the very shirt you're wearing now is also the shirt that you wear um, in all of your videos. I believe it's from the 2012 to 2014, that golden era of Arsenal Football Club. <laughs> um, now, wearing the same shirt uh, every time might be a kind of a lucky mascot kind of thing, or it might just be your favourite shirt. Uh, but in the theme of repetition, um, if there's one day from your experience of an, as an Arsenal fan that you'd love to live through again, what would it be? Um, probably my first ever match day experience. I was a very starry-eyed uh, university student here in England for the first time. It was all very, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. I'm seeing this team that I have you know, been supporting since I was a kid and just everything, getting on the tube, seeing Arsenal, getting a Holloway Road, the whole thing, seeing, you know, live these guys in the flesh, seeing the quality, seeing the players, uh, the crowd, the atmosphere, everything about that day. It's, it's, um, it was really something I'll never forget it. Which game was that out of interest? Okay, it was Arsenal versus Chelsea. We won 3-1 and the goal scorers were Alex Song, Sek Fabregas and Theo Walcott, uh, believe it or not. And the thing that I remember was the... Um, Ivanovic scored for them, not that that matters. I was sitting above the away support and once we scored, I saw this all this Arsenal merchandise just thrown into the into the away section. And even I said some things that I you know probably can't repeat. I assume this is a PG at least rated program. But it was just I, I've never felt anything like that. Just I, I lost control of my body and it just 
came out. And yeah, that was my first game. Yeah, I remember that game well. I think it might have been a game that sent us top of the league that season when we always seemed to have half a year where we were title contenders and then half a year of battling for fourth. Um, was, that the year we, um, was that the year we went into the break on top and then finished third or something like that? It was. I just remember thinking, oh my God, if we bought Almunia, if we bought an upgrade on Almunia in the centre-half, we could have probably had the title. But anyway... Yeah, the days where we were always two players away from winning and now we're about (laughs) seven, but, you know, (laughs) things change quickly. Uh, No, I mean, the first experience of going to match day is always very memorable. I was tempted to go with that for mine. Um, Instead, I've gone with another maybe obvious one, which is just the day that we won the league in 2004 as Invincibles. I mean, I was maybe not even 10 yet and I enjoyed it and it was nice, but one, I probably didn't appreciate what Arsenal had done that season really and two if I'd known it would be well at least another 18 years until Arsenal would win the Premier League again I probably would have saved it a little more um but Kai what's your memory that you'd relive again I would relive it and I'd sort of like redo it not that it wasn't super memorable it was but if I could go back and do it again I would probably change it slightly I think I've referenced it on the podcast before when I was a mascot back in probably close to when Yoni you were talking about around the Invincibles time Back at Highbury, I got to go out when Arsenal played Ajax in the Champions League, hold Patrick Vieira's hand, meet a bunch of the oh, most... get out of here, really? It, and, but the, and exactly. It was <laughs> as sort of overwhelming as it might have seemed to anybody, but especially to a young child at the time, which is why I don't think I really soaked in the occasion, especially, you know, being at Highbury, which doesn't even exist anymore. So if I could go back and relive a day, it would be that experience. We would win the game as well because we only tied one all. Um, I'm kind of changing the rules. I know you're saying what like experience would I relive, but I'm saying I'd go back in time and sort of change things, I guess. But um, now that we've yeah sort of established some of these fond memories that we have from supporting Arsenal, before we do jump into the actual action from uh, this evening's game, uh, Yanni, I wanted to just chat a little bit more with you about, you mentioned one of your early experiences, but your relationship with Arsenal, I guess a bigger picture, uh, yeah, how it, all, how it all began. How it all began, yeah. So um, it all began back in... I remember very well. So it was kind of in the, you know, imagine the class of 92, man, you were, you know, winning everything under the sun and everybody at school, all of my family. So my brother, my cousins, everyone, everyone went for United, everyone. And I used to watch, we've got this um, channel called SBS back home. And back then it was, all we had really was this Premier League highlight show. And I used to love watching Arsenal. And then there was that goal in 98, Mark Overmars scored at Old Trafford, uh, where we won 1-0. And um, that was the moment where I said, yeah, these are the guys for me. And it just sort of grew from there. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think a win, a victory at Old Trafford is always a special occasion. And Mark Overmars was just, I mean, I just loved watching the way they played as well. And it was just, and yeah, it was a bit of a... It was a bit of a sticking it to the man of everyone else, you know, going for the for the sort of champion sort of thing as well, I won't lie. But um, it's obviously grown to uh, far more than that now. Yeah, not a bad time yeah. to get started inside of sort of the, the, the heyday Wenger time. But let's um, move on to the action from this evening. And I guess I'll pose it to you first, Yanni, as well. I actually heard, I think, the commentators mentioned, unless I just misheard them, that this was the first time Arsenal have fielded the same starting 11 in consecutive games uh, since September of 2018. So whether or not we're surprised with the players that featured, did that fact surprise you? And then I guess on top of that, yeah, what did you make of tonight's starting 11? 
Yeah, it, it surprised me massively, to be honest with you, for the reason that you just said we haven't fielded a, um, you know, a, a same starting 11 in whatever long. And also, I just I was a little bit worried that, you know, I'm looking at the run we've got now. We've got the Benfica legs, we've got City, we've got Leicester. There's a, there's, there's a lot of games coming up. And I thought tonight might have been a good opportunity to perhaps, I don't know, like... Saka might have needed a rest, maybe include Pepe, maybe. I didn't know what was going to happen with Tierney. Um, I thought, and I will hold my hand up and say this is complete Australian bias. I thought Matty Ryan might have been a good shout in goal tonight. Uh, I have no real football basis for that other than resting, I guess, rotation. Um, so, yeah, in, in light of sort of resting the squad and managing the, the games with the squad we have, because, you know, our squad does have its limits, I'm afraid, compared to some of the other big squads, I was definitely surprised. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it just showed that Arteta, you know, I think he's still finding his best 11, but the way we sort of played against Leeds, I think he just wanted to make a bit of a statement tonight. And really, I mean, we'll, we'll get into this later, but, you know, it, it nearly worked. I mean, if we had taken our chances, the, the, the tie would have, could have been over tonight and we could have maybe rested a lot of people for that second leg, so. Yeah, well, there was the Aubameyang one. He had a few tonight, um, but the one on about 18 minutes where um, Arsenal get down the sides and it's a really good cross from Bayern, who doesn't always put the final ball in exactly <laughs> how you'd want it, but this one was right on a plate for him. I think Saka even probably left it expecting Aubameyang to convert it. Um, and it went wide. And this is this is something that Aubameyang has in his locker. You know, he, he has games uh, or even just moments within games where you think someone of his quality would easily finish a chance. Um, but it's more about his movement and getting into these positions so often that's his key quality rather than that he's an elite finisher um, he gets a high volume of chances, and that's really what has made him into such a prolific goal scorer over the years. But that, again, it feels like a, just one of those moments where you really hope in the next game we're not going to be thinking about that and wondering, oh, what if, what if we just were able to take the lead and then um, we're able to, you know, convert that into more goals and more dominance in this game. I suppose what you see with the Aubameyang chances, though, is... Maybe one of the reasons Arteta didn't rotate, and I'm not—I've never not watched Benfica at all this year. I don't really follow Portuguese football, um, but there seemed to be a lot of space in behind throughout the game. Um, and of our strikers, Aubameyang is the one that you'd think would best be able to capitalise on that space. Um, and that was also the case against Leeds, and maybe Arteta saw it as another game in which him through the middle would be the right way to go with several creators behind him. Um, I don't know what you thought, Kai, when the team was announced. I think Yanni mentioned... All, go go ahead. No, go on. Sorry, I just wanted to butt in. When, when you're talking about Aubameyang, um, the big tragedy of it all is that he's completely ruined my song and uh, that I have <laughs> oh, to play no. it. And he has... Uh, i got to go back to square one. So, um, sorry, I just had to put that in there. Sorry to interrupt. We're all very upset at Aubameyang for many reasons this evening. Um, yeah, but um, <laughs> as far as, yeah, I was going to say Yanni had referenced Pepe's lack of inclusion in the starting 11. That was a bit of a surprise considering that Europa League does seem like if there's ever a game he's going to guaranteed to start, it's going to be this. Um, so that, yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. I guess Tierney ended up coming on later, which we may or may not get to. wasn't too significant, but again, you figure he wasn't fully fit maybe. So that was just giving him some minutes towards the end. Otherwise, um, yeah, not too massively surprised although it was a strong side and on that note the result in the end might even seem a bit more disappointing but the first half kind of 
ebbed and flowed a little bit. It was a bit of a tactical stalemate. Yanni mentioned a lot of space in behind. Benfica seemed to want to press us quite high up the pitch so that we couldn't get the ball in the midfield to then make easier passes in behind. We also didn't really seem to be able to get too much overlapping wing play apart from that Bellerin uh, run for the Aubameyang chance. Odegaard was quite promising in the first half, had a couple of through balls that sort of almost came off. What do you think tactically um, we maybe didn't get right or energy-wise, Yanni, we didn't maybe get right in the in the first half? I mean, it's the, it's the kind of story of the season all along. You know, we, we kind of, we're tactically good, I think. We, we're in control of these games. We, it's, you know, we don't get played off the park. We're generally controlled, like Wolves United as well. It's just the story of the season, I have said a couple, is, is it's brain farts and killer instinct, you know? We just, we always, we will inevitably do a mistake that puts us on the back foot or something like that. And the other thing is, you know, we just don't have that, we don't have killers in our team, you know what I mean? When the moments arrive, when the moment comes, we don't take it. We don't take those games by the scruff of the neck. And I think that's what's really missing from this team at the moment. So, I mean, tactically, I think Arteta is, you know, where is he sort of, and they touched on it in the post-match, where they sort of used to, he used to change formations a lot. But I think he's he's pretty set now that this is the way we're going to play. And um, it's up to everyone to sort of get in on that. And I think that you do see evidence of that. But um, also, I think once Odegaard, once we see the best of Odegaard, I mean, I really liked what I saw tonight. And... Um, you know, there's something about that 10 roll. If, you know, you, we've given him the keys, but he has to learn how to drive the car. You know what I mean? He has to learn what everyone does. And I think once he sort of gets more settled, I think we're going to be, and if, if Aubameyang if finds, you know, what we know he can do, I think we're going to see a very different team. And it'll be a very interesting end to the season. Definitely. Ho hopefully they can build that chemistry because it's it's been very promising in the little we've seen so far. As you said, the first half ended in a stalemate. It sort of fizzled out. It felt like Benfica grew into the first half a little bit. Um, but the second half actually started quite well. Saka had a chance, which he just dragged wide. And then, of course, we get onto the penalty instant. Um, now, Kai, I don't know if in the States they showed any replays of what happened or if anything, there was any indi indication that it went to VAR. Um, but without wanting to drag this too much into a debate about referees, um, what did you make of the penalty decision um, and how it affected the rest of the game? I can only assume that my illegal stream was coming from England, so I probably got the exact same uh, replays <laughs> that you did. But um, yeah, like you said, they sort of showed maybe one replay from an angle that was very inconclusive, didn't necessarily show another replay. I haven't seen post-match highlights to sort of have another opinion on it but i think whenever a ball's hit from that close it's it is a bit harsh realistically so you know have, have there been crazier handballs given that should never have been penalties yes uh if this had been an arsenal player kicking it into a benfica player i yeah maybe i would have wanted a penalty as well so it is what it is shame for smith row of all people kind of as well um might as well move on to the equalizer because it didn't it didn't take long yanni what were your initial thoughts when we go 1-0 down, especially given that it was potentially a controversial moment and, you know, just sort yeah. of a random one-off penalty? But then beyond that, how proud slash impressed were you of the, of the reaction? Yeah. Um, I, firstly, on the penalty, I, 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 I'm tempted to agree with you, but, I mean, I feel like if you're putting your arm up in that position and you're kind of giving the referee a chance to make a decision and sometimes it's just... You just, I mean, you almost have to just defend like this now, you know what I mean? Otherwise, you're, you're just asking for it. But 
but I was impressed with them. I mean, if there's one thing I do, I mean, and, and I noticed in this interview at the end, Saka said, I've got a good family around me. And I think that, you know, for all the faults of this squad right now, one thing they have shown, and I think this stems from the culture that Arteta is creating, they have shown a good spirit. They have shown that they can react to, you know, when we got out of that rut, there have been times that we have gone down and come back. This is a team that does have spirit and courage and they do play for each other and move forward. So, but, you know, it, you know, saying it that they're trying it and doing it and seeing the responses is something different, of course, but um, I wasn't surprised about it. No. And um, again, when that, when that went to VAR for the first one, um, yeah, again, um, words that I probably can't say on this program, but you know, we, we, we made up for it. So, yeah. Well, I was referencing again, sort of a, a theme of the first half was Odegaard's um, through balls. And I think he was the one who ended up with that, the infamous, what's the word for it? Pre-assist for the the uh, the Saka goal because he sort of slipped in Cedric and Cedric played a nice cross. Um, so that is seemingly quite a good tactic that we have. Odegaard floating in that 10 hole, waiting for the run and then overlapping players find, finding the cross, which has been a feature of Arsenal's play for you know a long time. It was definitely a big feature of Emery's tactics and seemingly last season with Arteta, it was a very, very big feature as well. Sort of one of the things that uh, took us all the way to the, to the FA Cup victory. Uh, moving on from... Uh, the the equalizer from Saka, the rest of the game there were more chances and there were more chances for Aubameyang. I think he had an, at least two more good opportunities. One that he hit wide after another great Odegaard pass, and then one was Gabriel put him in and he tried to sort of take the defender on rather than just shooting earlier. Um, we have spoken already about Aubameyang miss in the in the game earlier. This wasn't his night. He had a hat trick the other day, which was sort of a, a fresh return from personal issues, forcing him off the off the pitch for a while. He's been inconsistent to say the least this season. How positive, Yanni, are you that Aubameyang is going to fire us to a salvageable season at this point? Yeah, I mean, look, um, I think if you look at what he has done for us up until this up until this point, he. He was a January signing. He hit the ground running. He's hit 50 goals faster than Thierry Henry with, you know, he hasn't had a Burkamp or a Perez or anyone else in the team. Uh, he's hit, what, consecutive 22-goal seasons. Uh, I, I'm not sure. If, I think that's the number. I'm not sure. But, you know, he's, he's in the up, always up among the goals. Um, so I'm prepared to give him quite a lot of leeway, especially with, you know, if the um, – if the reports are to believe it's it's and the social media and whatnot posts, um, if it is an issue, a health issue with his mother, um, I think it's fair to say that basically anyone wouldn't really have their head on in the right place if you know you're going through that sort of um, situation off the field. So I think yeah, I think that's all contributed to to his form this season, and we know the sort of player he is, and we know he's a goal scorer. He's you know it's the old form is temporary, class is permanent sort of thing. And I have absolutely no doubt he's going to bounce back. I think you're right. There's also something to be said that, you know, at least he's getting chances now. Earlier in the season, he wasn't. We weren't having chances for him to miss. Now he's there. And when he gets chances, he almost invariably has got goals throughout his career. Um, looking ahead to a week from now, when we play our home leg in Athens, which is just the strangest sentence. Never thought I'd be saying that. Um, <laughs> How how do you think 
we'll approach the game. Is this a good result to be taken to be taking into the second leg, um, or is it a bad result in the circumstances? Yeah, I mean, in a vacuum, it's a good result. I mean, it's an away goal. It's you know, it's not a loss. We could have easily lost one nil. Um, you know, in a vacuum, it's not a bad result. But in the context of the game, yeah, I don't think it was a good result at all. We should have very, we, we, we could have ended the tie tonight, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think it's put a bit more pressure on us, not only for the games coming, but, you know, because now we have to think of that second leg and, um, you know, pressure in there. And I think it was the last time we played a final at that stadium when Drury needed to win by three. Because yeah. all my cousins are Olympiacos fans and they all live right near the stadium. So, um you know, yeah, I, I get told, but, you know, they obviously had their day uh, last year in this particular round. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, last year, we, at this stage, were 1-0 up with an away goal. Um, oh, my God. To bring yeah. back to the Emirates with the Olymp- Olympiacos, and they still managed to do it. Um, Kai, how do you and see And Aubameyang missed a sitter that night as well. He, <laughs> yeah, he did. We've got form for this. Um, do you think, Kai, like, in a way in some ways it might be even better to be going in. I mean, I'm not saying a draw is the better than result than a win, but at least now we know what we have to do in the next leg rather than being unsure about how to negotiate away goals and our advantage protecting that. Um, how do you think that might influence next week? Yeah, I mean, we definitely can't rest on our laurels. We can't sort of go into it with any complacency. I remember beyond the Aubameyang miss, he managed to score a bicycle kick, which was obviously like the most <laughs> difficult chance you could possibly score and then miss from proceed to miss from like a yard out, which reminded me very, gave me PTSD of that Van Persie miss against AC Milan from, from all those years ago, when again, it was just like the best player on the pitch in theory, missing the easiest chance you could ever, ever ask for. Who's that? Van Persie. Uh, Yanni, you, do you remember that? Uh, against? Remember oh, oh, okay. I, you, you see, this is all over my head. I've, I was telling Yoni a little bit before the episode that I'm a bit a bit sleep deprived, but no, that was that was a good one, Yoni. <laughs> You're too quick for me. Um, so I, really, that's that's to an extent that is sort of all she wrote about this evening's this evening's fixture. Like obviously the the next leg's coming up, and we do have some big games in the Premier League as well, um, as we as we've already mentioned. But we'll we'll maybe yeah tie that up in a bit of a bow for now. But we do want to focus still, Yanni, on some of the content that, that you produce and how that interacts with, with Arsenal. So I do believe you've got something prepared for us, perhaps, that you yeah, might... Yeah, I do. Um, in the light of the of what's happened tonight, it's... Um, yeah, you'll see. <laughs> but I do have something, so... <clears throat> from Gabon and he's fast as a jet and he puts the ball in the back of the net his name is Oba Oba Mayang Oba fastest to 50 goals quicker than Henri this man is our striking goal machine his name is Oba Oba Mayang Oba well, the goals dried up, could not ignite Gave some goodness a tiny fright But there's a reason he's our marquee Passes permanent, don't you see? Now I'm not the world's most passionate guy But when he gets the ball, my excitement flies And so does Oba Oba Mayang Oba I want to thank the United Mates. Your podcast experience has been great. Thank you, Yoni and Kai in California. Obama and Oba. 
thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, yeah. That was and great. That Amazing. obviously would have been much better if he didn't have a stinker tonight, but uh, <laughs> there you go. Welcome that, to the world of uh, live football uh, songwriting. Well, that's what exactly what we want to ask you a couple of questions about. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank you so Thank much you. for pulling that out. Very, very impressive and very amusing and a good voice too <laughs> so well, the pretty nervous. i was not gonna lie i've not done it live before so i usually have a nice safety of uh you know my the, the retake so uh so yeah thank you very nailed, much. It. nailed it so i guess it sounds like this isn't you know you're mentioning this isn't an easy thing to do especially not you know first take whatever how how much thought goes into this do you pick a song like lola first and then you fill in the lyrics do you have an idea for some lyrics and then you put the tune together that matches how does that work yeah so it's a it's a very mixed process so a lot of the time sometimes what I try and do is like I try and look at the game and I try and think of what will happen and I try and think of a song and how it will work and and sometimes I'll think of lyrics but sometimes there's only so much you can do until you see the game you know what I mean so I try and think of something during the week and I try and put some lyrics together but then I sort of have to watch the game um, but then other times it, things will just come to me. You know what I mean? I'll just be on a walk and I'll be listening to a song and then I'll just go, it just clicks. You know what I mean? It, it just comes to me. Um, and then also, you know, I'm always listening to music. One great thing about the London lockdown is that, you know, working remotely, I can just have my music on all the time and it's brilliant. I'm just always listening to music. And I guess it's always in the back of my head, like, oh, would that be a good song? Would that be a good song? So, yeah, it's a very mixed process. What sort of got you into writing songs about Arsenal? What point did you decide that you wanted to, first of all, do that and then share it as you do with the world yeah. on Instagram? Well, I mean, as you all are aware, um, you know, there's no team that really tests the pain threshold of their fan base with self-sabotage more than Arsenal. So I became a, with my mates, a very much a bit of a trolling uh, punching bag and, you know, there was one game and I sort of just went, you know what, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of people. I'm sick of having to respond the same stuff all the, all the time. So I did a video of the score and I just went, I, and I sang uh, Simon Garfunkel, Sound of Silence. And I was just, oh God, life's so bad. And um, I got an incredible response from that from people. And so I kind of kept doing it. And it kind of went from there. And, um, you know, um, I guess my, my, my plan, my life plan of becoming the next Jimmy Page didn't quite work out. So um, I guess this is a way for me to mix my love of music with the um, sadistic emotional roller coaster that is Arsenal fandom. And yeah, that's how it came about. Well, we're all very, very glad that you decided to sort of take the banter from your mates and channel it into something that's you've, you know, continued yeah. to grow and grow. Now I troll myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's good practice, I guess. Yeah, if we're going to be putting ourselves out there on, on the internet. But um, I can't really think of a much better way to, yeah, sort of wrap things up than the song that you, you were able to perform for us. That was absolutely fantastic. Once again, really appreciate it, especially the, uh, the little nod to us. I mean, you said you've enjoyed yourself. We thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed having you as our guest today um really really appreciate yanni you taking the the time out to, to come and join us i want to thank yanni of course as well for for being here but yanni um before we before we do let you go you're the singing gooner 
um, on on Instagram. I know you're on you're on YouTube as well. Are there any other ways people can kind of yeah follow you or otherwise when they are following you? Um, yeah, what what would you say they can sort of look forward to? And do you have any big plans for 2021? Yeah, I'm sort of seeing what happens. I've got a few things in the pipeline that I cannot really talk about. Um, Oh, God, that makes me sound like I've got like some huge plan, doesn't it? God. Um, no, I think Instagram is the best way to find me for now. Um, and yeah, as, as things sort of hopefully um, sort of develop, I can sort of keep keep updated in that regard. So yeah, Instagram, the singing Guna. Oh, fantastic. And Yanni, we'd love to have you back uh, on, on the podcast again sometime uh, to talk a bit more about Arsenal and uh, maybe to even yeah, serenade us if we're lucky enough. <laughs> Thank you so much. Really, really. Thanks a lot, guys. It's been great. Thank you. Um, as far as, as our listeners, if you did enjoy this, um, you can follow us on social media as well. That's going to be Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at United Mates FP. And then for putting faces to these voices, we're on YouTube. That's United Mates Football Podcast. Until next time, everybody, take care of yourselves and take care of each other too. Goodbye. <laughs>